Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this How To and Identity episode, you will meet the author of your story and learn the importance of allowing God to write the ideal story He has planned for you in your life. How can you know what plans God has for you? And how do you cooperate with those plans one day at a time? Jeremiah 29, 11-14a says, For I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a hope in the future. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then, with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Notice that this verse is written from God's perspective. He is referring to the plans He has for you, not the plans you have for you, or even the plans you have for Him. The word for plans in this verse is megashabah, which means a design intentions, plan, purpose, thoughts, ways. It means that not only does God know what plan he has for you, but he is even the source and the guide for all of the ways to accomplish them. That means the how of the execution of the plans is for God to direct. How can you know the plan and the way that God wants you to live out? Hebrews 12.2 says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. The word author in the Bible is archegos, which means originator, founder, prince, and leader. The word perfecter is taliotes, which means finisher, completer, perfecter. This refers to Jesus, who brings our life stories to complete conclusion when we allow him to. The word faith here is pistis, which is the gift from God to believe, have trust, and faith in God. This is the same power gift of faith that was addressed in a previous podcast. He is the source of our faith in God and gives us the confidence to believe him for the plans that he has for us and works with us for the completion of these purposes. To align yourself with God's plans, you must know how to follow him. Here's what Jesus had to say about how to follow him. To follow me may seem like living in opposite world. But my scriptures clearly show you the way. Love is an act of obedience, a deliberate decision to follow my lead and not go your own way. This is always for your absolute best. It is a process of peeling back the onion layers of you and all that gets in your way. Begin by letting go of the easy things first, like something that you know is out of your depth. And then with more time with me, you'll move along to areas of surrendering deeper things, And the more you trust me, the more you will surrender even familiar things. Following me means being willing to look different than the world. Standing up for righteousness in an unrighteous culture can be hard and takes courage. Humility is like a light that casts out your pride and sets you free from its shackles. I cannot come near pride. When you behave in prideful ways, you remove yourself from my protective umbrella. 
Living apart from me is bondage. Freedom is only found under my perfect care. When you learn how to surrender to my will by letting go of your own, there is room for simply hearing and allowing me to direct your paths more closely. When you choose otherwise, it creates a static and it's difficult for you to hear and see me clearly. Stop asking the question why when things are challenging for you and begin asking who is my God? Learning how to cooperate with my will aligns you with my plans and leads you to the satisfaction and fulfillment and fruit bearing that I have designed for you. Ask yourself this question, whose will am I following here? Is it mine or God's? Adjust your path accordingly. Remember that my will is always for your best interest. I am the author of your story. Follow me and I will lead you to abundant life. In order to see God as the author of your story, you must know yourself and see his influence on your life. This will require you identifying key lessons that you have learned about yourself that formed your identity and clarify your purpose. We will help you see those things by identifying your primary emotional needs and your motivational gift. When you pay attention to the way God has intersected in your everyday life, you learn to share what you have witnessed and experienced from God directly. This is your testimony. There are three types of gifts that help us to follow God in our plans. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 6 includes all three. Now, there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers, but it is the same Spirit who grants them and powers them. This verse is referring to the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 picks up, And there are distinctive varieties of ministries and service, but it is the same Lord who is served. This verse is referring to ministerial gifts. And then in verse 6, And there are distinctive ways of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who produces these things in all believers, inspiring, energizing, and empower them. This verse is referring to motivational gifts. Let's begin with the motivational gift first. The Lord helps you see the needs of people through a unique lens. There is usually one or two primary motivational gifts. This is not about how you serve, but a way to see who God wants you to serve. That's what's meant by lens. It will come from pondering such questions as, what do I seem to care about? What types of needs do I notice? Are they related to problem solving, like sensing a need or a solution related to administration or service or teaching or giving? Or are they less about what you do and more about who God wants you to serve? Do you happen to notice special needs children, the elderly? Is your heart motivated for unevangelized populations? Or is a certain nation on your heart? This is your motivational gift. This is the area where God connects with you on what he wants you to care about and what area he wants you to make a difference in. A ministerial gift refers to the ways that God has wired you to be able to serve with your unique gifts and talents, such as music, art, writing, math, science, relational communication. Then there are roles that you tend to fit into, such as leadership, support, connecting people. This is the way in which God has wired you to be able to serve 
in the communities that he has put on your heart to serve. The third category of gifts was the Holy Spirit manifestation gifts, where we've already discussed a bit about this in other podcasts, but it's where the Holy Spirit begins to trust you to release more of his presence and power in the circumstances for which he places you to influence for the kingdom. When you know yourself and God well enough to leverage these three gift categories, You are more able to align yourself with the Jeremiah 29 plans God has for you. Why is sharing your story important? The word gospel in the Bible is euangelion. Literally translated, it means good news. The gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the stories of what they saw and heard from Jesus as they walk with him day by day. Every believer has been given the opportunity and capability to walk with Jesus personally day by day. You are learning how to do that in this podcast. When you share your story like Jesus' disciples did, you show people the way of the good news of faith, hope, and love that is found in Jesus Christ. It is the most effective way to evangelize because no one can argue with your story. Many people try to intellectually talk people into the kingdom. This is not how it works. The Lord lives in your heart, not in your head. And even the wisdom to understand the scripture and the power to believe comes from the Holy Spirit. When you live the life that reflects the light and love of the Lord Jesus Christ, people will want what you have. Let's look at the life of Hans Poli, whose story does just that. Before I share this next bit, I think it's beneficial for you to have context. I had a homework assignment for a creative writing class for my doctorate program, It was an exercise in stirring your imagination with the Holy Spirit. I was to take a Christian that I admired and think about what their life must have been like and allow the Holy Spirit to show me some lessons he wanted me to learn from their life example, then write it like a story. I had just watched an incredible film called Return to the Hiding Place about the life of Hans Poli, who was part of the Resistance, an undercover youth army in Holland in World War II. He was one of the people who aided Corey ten Boom to hide and rescue 88 Jews from the Nazis. For more clarity, I was receiving information from the Holy Spirit and not the spirit of Hans Poli in this exercise. The Bible does not encourage seeking or consulting with spirits of the dead. This creative exercise was really about asking the Holy Spirit to help me understand something from the perspective of one heroic saint. The film clip of the trailer from Return to the Hiding Place is listed in this episode's page on pattyej.podbean.com. I highly encourage you to check this out, and not just the film clip, but the film itself, which can be purchased on Amazon. In a journaling vision, I saw myself as Hans, disguised as an older lady riding a bicycle through the Dutch cobblestone town. On this occasion, the mission was to receive a list of names, places, and addresses for which the Nazis were intending to pick up the next families. I felt my heart racing with nervous anxiety while riding through this town, passing Nazi soldiers on the street corners. The next glimpse, I felt like I was Hans distracting a guard having a conversation and showing him fake papers so that the family who the guard had come to take away would have enough time to run away. I felt Hans's sweaty palms and nervous anxiety, but worked hard to stay calm on the outside as I, he spoke in perfect accented German. In the third glimpse, Hans and I were sitting on the hallway steps of Corey Ten Boom's house and I was asking him some questions. I asked, you were still a teenager when you joined the resistance. 
what made you want to do that? And he said, it's one thing to hear a statistic about people taken off to the camps, and it's another thing to look into the eyes of those being taken away and their family members and see their sorrow and pain. I simply could not stand by and do nothing. I went on, the work was dangerous, and nearly all teen resistance army members were eventually killed. How did you cope with the danger, being such a young man, and why do you think you were one of the only survivors? Hans said, the very safest place anyone can be is to live inside the will and calling of the Lord. I felt God's protection every day. Some days I believe he made me invisible to the enemy so I could accomplish what he wanted me to do. He placed me where he wanted me and equipped me to do what he wanted me to do each day. There was a lot of success and joy in that success and a lot of suffering as well. The Lord even showed me his favor when I got to the concentration camp. On the day of my scheduled execution, the Lord caused the doctor to write a note that said that I had TB. So they simply let me walk right out of the camp a free man. Even a dead body with TB was a death sentence for anyone near it. The doctor revealed that his wife was one that I had led to safety. His action was out of gratitude. Those who gave their lives to the resistance were actually blessed. The Lord rewards in heaven far more than any cost paid on earth for obedient service. One of the definitions of love is being willing to lay down your life for someone else's. Jesus paid this price for us. Every believer should be willing to pay the same price for him. To follow Christ into danger is not heroic. It's the minimum response of gratitude for what he has done for us. The heavenly reward is worth the price paid. For many years, I had no idea why I was a survivor and why the Lord spared me when my number came up for execution as he had not done for my comrades. But I believe the reason is that he wanted the story of the resistance told. It was not just my story. It was the story of many who fought for the truth in the face of evil. It was not until that story was told that God took me for my heavenly reward. What advice do you have for me? I asked. The Lord will ask you to do things in your life that you find scary, dangerous, or challenging. Obey his voice and he will protect you. True satisfaction comes from living a God-honoring and obedient life. He will always equip you for every challenge. Hans Pulley was alive when this film was being created, but he died before seeing it completed in 2003. The special features of the DVD includes a direct interview with him. Let's look at some lessons that you may have from your ups and downs. Every life has its ups and downs. The Lord promises that there will be trouble in this life. Some people persevere past their challenges and others wallow and get stuck in them. Those who remain stuck forfeit their kingdom impact, and live below the abundant life for which God has called them. Those who live stuck live in circles, while those who persevere live in ever-reaching cycles. See the diagram about circles and cycles and the link on the information page of the pattyej.podbean.com site. Do you live in cycles or circles? 80% of the body of Christ will not fulfill their destinies because they do not access the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish their purposes. They make barriers in life bigger than God. They begin something, they have a barrier or a challenge, and then they give up. And they live in the circle of giving up and staying below God's plans. 20% of the body of Christ tend to learn how to persevere through the challenges 
and go for their destinies by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those people live out incredible kingdom impact. We are living in an important kingdom season, and God needs all of us to step into our callings. The enemy's number one goal is to keep you from your kingdom purpose. If he can keep you focused on your challenges, frustrations, aches, pains, and limitations of this natural world, he can hold you back from your fruit-bearing destiny. John 10.10 says the thief comes in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. When you fix your eyes on the challenges, they grow within you. When you fix your eyes on Jesus, he grows within you. This is the secret to getting through difficult times. Tires that spin stuck in the mud dig themselves deeper and make it even harder to get out. The same is true for your trials. This is what it looks like to live in circles. Understand that there is a lesson in your challenge and look to Jesus to pull you out of the mud. When you learn the lesson by fixing your eyes on Jesus, he begins to pull you back, which is what it looks like to live in a cycle. Because we are living in this kingdom era, moving ever closer to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, our cycles will be shorter. Difficult times are like contractions a mother feels while laboring for a baby. The mom keeps her eyes on the baby, not on the pain. She knows that for the joy set before her, it's all worth it. Jesus kept his eye on the prize of our salvation and adored the cross to birth our freedom and access to the Father. How you choose to handle your challenges is a key to whether you will fulfill your destined calling. There's a diagram below on pattyej.podbean.com that shows you the process in each cycle. Let's break down what happens in the course of a cycle. First, you're on a high. You begin with a vision or a dream from the Lord and receive a prophetic promise from God and see a glimpse of what he has for you. As you picture this future, you are filled with excitement and possibility and you have a clarity of your destiny. Then a challenge brings you down. You get distressed as challenges and trials come your way and you question the vision and the calling. The trial wears you down and you begin to take your eyes off the call. You can choose to stay stuck here, which will facilitate a circle response, or you can choose to press through. When you choose to fix your eyes on Jesus, the Holy Spirit allows you to see things from God's perspective, and you begin to align again with his will. You recognize that this is a test, and you just simply need to understand the lesson in the trial. The refiner's fire begins to humble you and mature you. And God's perspective begins to lift you up as you demonstrate the faith of taking a step in God's direction so that you may learn the lesson. With your eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, you can see the dream again. You can see how the trial has prepared you for the next step. And you learn the lesson in this season. You have demonstrated to God that you trust him with this vision. Learning what you need in this season prepares you for an upgrade of anointing and moves you up to the next level of the cycle along the path of your divine destiny. This is how to navigate a cycle. Let's look at this one piece at a time. God put something big on your heart for you to do. This is your dream. God created you to be able to see the need. God shows you how to use the skills and abilities he created you for and connects them with his love motivation. 
This dream will always be big, will always be inspiring, scary, and even overwhelming. If it's not big, it's not from God. For some, the dream starts out subtly with thoughts or pictures of a possibility of a ministry, a service, a book, or a population of people. You see hopeful pictures. You see yourself doing something. Many push these ideas away, but they keep coming back every once in a while until they begin to occupy your mind quite a bit and demand attention. For others, the call comes like a freight train. I had no plans to become an author until I received a two-hour download from God about the Clips That Move Mountains book. I saw the concept, images, film clips in the book. One day it wasn't there, and the next day all I could do was focus on it. So it begins with a dream, and then the challenges come. It's going to be out of your comfort zone, and people around you are not always going to be supportive. The enemy will surely come against you, and may distract you from your purpose with an illness, injury, persecution, or just plain busyness. How you handle that phase will either kill your dream, delay it, or move you toward it. This is the circle or cycle choice point. Here's what Jesus had to say about the dream. I know how things will turn out. When you watch a movie or sports game on TV or read a novel before someone else has a chance to read or see it, you know how the story ends. You could spoil the ending by telling them how it turns out. But telling someone the story is worth seeing or reading, or that it's inspiring or exciting, may make them want to see it. I give glimpses of the future for this very same reason. I want you to know just enough so that you want to know more. I want to engage you, encourage you, and even warn you about things that are coming so that you're on your toes and you're confident to step into the future I have for you. When I tell you that millions will be blessed by your ministry, it's not to puff you up with pride. It's so you will believe me for the plans I have for you and stay the course by abiding in me. I give you just enough to keep you inspired. I know how this thing turns out. Believe me. The word is clear about what will happen in the end of times. You have your part to play in helping people, and I have my part to play to make sure that you're ready to play your part. Stay the course and abide in me. These are the things that will happen for my glory and for my pleasure. Those who choose to live as overcomers and push past the challenge by my strength move to the next phase. They begin to develop themselves and the idea by aligning themselves with my promises from the word and from direct encounters. Seeing yourself, your life, and your calling through my eyes pulls you back into alignment with my plans when you allow the challenge to purify you with my refiner's fire, you emerge stronger. When you take active steps of faith toward the dream, you demonstrate to the Lord that you have learned the lessons and allowed yourself to be pruned by the challenge. Pruning always cuts away what's hindering and allows for more life-giving energy to flow through you. You have passed the test, and you're able to handle an increased level of anointing toward God's dream, destiny for you. Upgrades always come with an increase of God's anointing power. It is unrealistic to expect that a dream can skip low points and still get accomplished. Yet people act so surprised when challenges come their way related to their dreams. Many people think something is wrong when things get challenging. Or they even get mad at God because he's the one that gave them the dream in the first place and things are difficult. The Bible never promises easy, only that God will be with you every step of the way. 
The difference between a person who lives in circles or cycles is about their perspective. Do you choose to look at the circumstance or do you look from God's perspective using the eyes and ears of your heart to connect with him? He will always provide you the way out. To become the best version of yourself, you need a compelling reason. A powerful why can pull you through anything into your future. Many people, for example, won't change their health habits until they have a health crisis. The crisis gives them a powerful why. When you prune your life by the sensitivity of hearing God's voice and know the Word of God, you become increasingly attentive to learning the lessons you need to succeed in a cycle. Some key questions you want to ask when facing a challenge is, what do I choose to believe about this right now? Where are my eyes fixed? What has God said about this? And Lord, what lesson do I need to learn to move out of this situation and season? You can shorten your cycles by this awareness. The call on your life was designed to succeed. Yet, only 20% of people realize that they have the authority and power to overcome obstacles. Believers have the ability to tap into God's perspective and His power to be able to learn every lesson needed to accomplish the big dream that God has for them. Anchor your faith in your dream on this verse, Philippians 1.6. I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. Do not despise the testing. It is the place where you grow in maturity, humility, strength, and character. You cannot handle increased levels of anointing and favor without the refiner's fire that builds strong character. Your endurance gives you hope and qualifies you for the upgrade to your next level of anointing. Each level moves you closer to your destiny. How has God written your story? Think about your life for a moment. What were the spiritual, emotional, mental, relational, and physical highs and lows? Look at things like marriages, divorces, illnesses, healings, addictions, recovering, life-altering joys, hurts, spiritual mountaintop experiences, seasons of distancing from God. What lessons did you learn from these highs and lows? What beliefs form in your thinking about your identity in these significant highs and lows? Meditate on these key questions with the Lord. What did you learn in your life season? How can you come into agreement with God's truth and plans for you now? How can you learn needed lessons that will prepare you for your divine destiny? You can take these questions and issues to the Lord and have Him share with you why He allowed some of these things to happen. Ask the Lord what you need to do to cooperate with the future He has for you. If you find yourself living in circles and not cycles, it's not God's will for you to stay stuck there. Surrender those issues to the Lord and allow Him to bring you up through the cycle. Kevin was an example of a man who lived in cycles. I met Kevin Baldwin at a community retreat one weekend. Kevin was a former homeless man turned street evangelist and life coach. Having found victory over poverty mentality and a violent childhood, Kevin shared the slingshot faith metaphor with me that day. He said that just as a slingshot can throw a stone farther, the more stretched back the rubber band is, the more impact a believer can have if they can find victory over life's challenges. In other words, if you have never had a challenge, never had a trial, never been through a painful or difficult season, how can you possibly help someone who has? Your life challenges and overcoming stories 
can teach someone something that can help them too. But how do you do that? Let's talk for a moment about the words witness and testify and how to share your Kairos Kronos intersections. We live in chronological time here on Earth. The Greek word for chronological time is Kronos. And as we know, it's limited to 24 hours a day moving in one direction from birth to death. The Lord lives in timelessness, which in the Greek is Kairos. He was, is, and always will be all at the same time. It's impossible for us to really understand that. We get a tiny sense of it when we encounter God in our special places and can it feel like many hours of time when it was really only a few minutes. As we navigate this earthly world as children of God, we are not limited by the natural laws when we are connected with God and the Spirit. A Kairos-Kronos intersection is when God intersects your natural timeline and shows up in a supernatural way. When you lay hands and pray for God to heal someone that the doctors have declared as a hopeless case, and they get healed, you have just witnessed a Kairos-Kronos intersection. It's when heaven invades earth. Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer that God's heart is for earth to be as it is in heaven. See Matthew 6.10. Seeing something happen makes you a witness. Telling someone that you saw something happen is your testimony. The more time you spend with the Lord, the more you will witness His love, power, grace, and mercy. Telling people of these encounters is testifying to the validity of them. The terms witness and testify are used in courtrooms because they are key ways for the jury and the judge to decipher the truth. The four Gospels in the Bible are testimony accounts of the good news of Jesus Christ shared by the people who were eyewitnesses when Jesus walked this earth. Because you have the Holy Spirit living within you, guiding you day by day, your gospel story is your life's testimony of how you have personally seen Jesus show up and transform you. You can have personal experiences with Jesus too, as you are learning how to do so in this podcast. The Lord wants you to leverage your stories to help others know Him this way too. Let's address the key steps to share your stories. There are a few key questions you can ask yourself that will pull evangelical stories from your life. Before we dive into them, I think it's important to note that your life is not just one story. Your life is too big and too complex to be simplified into a single story. For example, the great physician has healed my body nine times. Each healing story has a different context and lesson attached to it. They can all be shared as stories that can inspire someone who needs physical healing and needs to learn the same lessons. Your salvation story, the story of how God has moved you in your career or ministry, or how he has miraculously provided for you, or how he's healed you, or how he's helped you restore the damage of past situations or relationships or even lessons from near-death or scary circumstances, all provide excellent backdrops for explaining how the Lord showed up in your life and moved you forward. Simply thinking of these few questions will help you break down your life into pieces, so that when you meet somebody facing a similar challenge, you can easily pull from your own life experience, and your story can move them toward Jesus. So here is basic key questions, almost like a formula to help you tell your stories. Where were you before Jesus? What was your life like before he showed up? How did he show up? What changed as a result of him showing up? 
And how has your life been changed as a result of that direct influence? Why would somebody want that? So here you'd share the benefit of your life with him since learning these lessons. I've attached a film clip from the movie's King's Faith, where Brendan King does a beautiful job of showing how to address these questions in just a few moments in a conversational way that powerfully shares his story that leads people closer to God. The film clip link is at the pattyej.podbean.com site in the information of this podcast. In this clip, Brendan King takes some youth into a rundown house and tells his story, hitting all of the points addressed by those questions. His story begins with where he was before he met Jesus, and then what happened when he did meet Jesus, how different he is now, and he shares the vision of what the Lord wants him to do with the lessons he's learned through that life story and engages them to want to be part of his dream. When asked how he would accomplish this dream, Brendan said, I don't know. It's like I have this vision, and I just need to step into it. And one of the ladies says, what's impossible for man is possible for God. This is also an important lesson to learn about your destiny. God doesn't tell you every step ahead of time. You have to walk with him one day at a time, trusting him for today, and then today, and then today. The other thing I really loved about this clip is that it was only three minutes long. You can really share your story in a powerful way that moves people forward in just a few minutes. It's much easier than you think to share your good news of who God is in your life. Okay, it's time for us to meet the author of your story. If this is your first podcast experience with us, You may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. The experience that you will have with the author of your story will be different depending on where you are in your life. So I'm going to give you three choices today. In each of these choices, you're going to meet the Lord Jesus in your special place as a child And then you're going to ask him to show you something related to one of these three options. The first is related to circles or cycles. If you feel as though you are a person who's stuck in a circle and you want the Lord to speak to you about how to break out of that stage, what I want you to do is I want you to spend time with the Lord. And then when you're in your special place, I want you to say, to the Lord, speak to me about the times where I get stuck in circles. How can you help me see you in the challenge more easily and grow to develop so that I can move to a new stage of anointing for the plan you have for me in my life? The next option for you is about the dream. Ask the Lord to give you a glimpse of the dream that he has for you, connected to the destiny and purpose he has for you to play in his larger kingdom impact. Help him to give you details where you actually can see and feel yourself serving 
be clear about who the audience is, and just enjoy the day of experiencing what it's like to be living out fulfilling calling that God has for you. The third option is related to clarity about how you can tell your story. Prayerfully consider your life's ups and downs and meet the author in your special place and ask him to help you see a few errors in your life that you can make into short stories and share when people ask you about your life in Christ or when someone you meet is facing a similar challenge. Whether the Lord wants you to choose one of these or all of them, spend all the time you need with him in your special place and make sure that you write it all down in your journal. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.